and it cut deep into my heart. The Word to Stand On for Life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Date Day Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, life questions. Today with Paula live in the studio, if you need any encouragement, all you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you are outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. If you want to email a question, you can email questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You will be connected directly to the studio producer, Paula. Good to see you. You came in with puffy eyes, and I've been with you all day, and I didn't notice that before. Well, it's the pollen that's in the air, I think. It feels like in my right eye. Here I am whining. Hi, everybody. It's a great day. It's Thursday date day, but my eyes are kind of bothering me. It feels like there's like, a, I don't know, little shards of glass or something in, in there. And it's, it's really bugging me. But I put some eye drops in, so maybe, hopefully. Yeah. Well, your eyes look bad, but mine are much worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke yeah. from the Bible study last night. So I just thought I would include that. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you here today. We've got a lot on your heart. But what I would like to do to start today is, um, especially today, is think about Jesus's um, fifth day of Passion Week, because this was um, the most difficult. Yeah. I think... You know the physical torture that would come tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, but 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 this was um, physically, emotionally, um, and yet all the while he's reaching out and ministering to people. Um, this was the day that Peter and John were sent to make preparation for the Passover meal. Um, he eats uh, the meal, but then he washes the feet of the disciples. And he starts, of course, with, with the feet Judas. of Judas. Yeah. And and I, I, you know, I always imagine you and I have had foot washing services where we've done the foot washing mm-hmm. in times past. And um, you know, when we do that, we're always looking directly into the eyes of the person whose feet we're washing. Mm-hmm. And we do that because we want them to know they're loved. We also want them to know this is an example that they now can follow mm-hmm. for others. And I have to believe, Paula, that Jesus was looking directly into Judas's eyes, knowing what he'd done, and yet Judas averting his eyes over and over. Mm-hmm. 
because the conviction, the guilt was just absolutely overwhelming. But he washed his disciples' feet. The last pair of feet was Peter, of course. And Peter, no, you're not going to wash my feet. And and Jesus told him, look, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. He said, then wash all of me, Lord. And probably the smartest thing that Peter ever said, Jesus even corrected that. And then Judas departs. That's when what we call the Last Supper was concluded. And Jesus would have picked up the cup of the new covenant, written in his blood, um, still uh, uh, an act that is misunderstood and often misrepresented. And then when he went out to, to the Garden of Gethsemane, he would go across the brook Kidron and walk into a garden. Evidently, this was a place where Jesus and his disciples had been many times just for time alone. Mm-hmm. And and nine of the disciples, let me rephrase that, eight of the disciples, now with Judas gone, would have um, been stopped at, at a certain point. While Jesus pressed forward and Peter, James, and John mm-hmm. would go with him a little bit further. And Jesus told him, you guys need to pray. Watch and pray. Be alert and pray. And they couldn't do it. Now it was cold. It had been an exhausting, physically and emotionally, it had been an exhausting day for them. Uh, we understand the heaviness of the time and the air, and sometimes sleep seems like the best mm-hmm. defense mechanism. But nonetheless, when um, they couldn't stay awake, Jesus wasn't saying, you know, pray for me. He knew what he was going to do. Um, what he was saying is, you pray, be on guard. Because the devil is coming after you and you need to be ready. And we know that they were scattered. They, 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 they ran um, away. Uh, Peter, of course, denying him three times. Jesus sweat great drops of blood physiologically. The last thing a body will do trying to hydrate itself before death. <laughs> And in one of the gospel accounts, we're told that that angels were sent to minister to him. And the implication is that he wouldn't have lived physically. His body couldn't have taken any more had the angels not come. And then, of course, Judas comes with the Roman cohort, um, a a big group of Rome's finest. um, Direct man that was noted for saying, Love your enemy. If he hits you in one cheek, turn to him the other cheek as well. And then, of course, after that, he was... One more thing about that. You know, I'm I'm always... Paul is stunned by Judas betraying Jesus with a kiss. You know, Jesus was famous, and yet he was so average in appearance that the Roman soldiers who came to get him didn't even know which one he was, and so that sign was arranged. And you can just see Judas sort of leaning over to kiss Jesus on the cheeks. And Jesus says to him, because Jesus spoke King James, mm-hmm. Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Can you imagine the pathos of that moment? And Jesus is heartbreaking. At the same time, the bloodthirsty Roman soldiers, all they wanted to do was finish their mission. And then he was escorted to the, high, to the house of the high priest, as the Sanhedrin is convened for an illegal trial, yeah. which occurs the following morning. Yeah. 
an amazing day when you consider this. Tomorrow's Good Friday, and um, Thursday was such a hard day. I think Friday, when he was all alone, just him and his father, until he cried out, he started to become sin. Mm. He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Until that moment, I think the time alone with his father was probably refreshing. But all that would change. It's an amazing mm-hmm. sacrifice that he made for us. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're <clears throat> getting ready to face something very, very difficult <clears throat> that night before, that's all you think about. You know, you can't sleep. Um, I can't imagine that he slept. Um, just like you're saying, that time with his father, just maybe being reassured, you know, you will be with me and I will glorify you again, you know, that, that whole thing. But that night of the reasons yeah. why. Yeah, and, and there was no sleep. Was he, he was, no he way. was kept captive by Annas and Caiaphas. And uh, just, just a horrible, horrible mm. situation. And 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 I go probably I'm wrong, but but Thursday to me seems worse. Yeah, just the the physical kiss of Judas, the betrayal. Uh, Jesus said, "The one who dips his hand with me, mm-hmm. with the bread, is the one who's betrayed me." All of the disciples saying, "Is it I, Lord? Is it I?" Mm. And Judas, knowing at that moment that he's busted. Yeah. Oh, it's a horrible, horrible yeah. thing. Yeah. We can be thankful. He's done so much for us. Paula, let's start with a phone call today. Ron from Converse on Line 1. Ron, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Good afternoon, Pastor Ron. Thanks for, for sharing all of those beautiful thoughts and those those moments that, um, that used to make me, and I still do, quietly weep thinking of what, yeah. what our, our father-son went through for us. Everything right down to the that crown of thorns I, I've always imagined how when they pushed them into his under the top of his head the thrusting and how they probably even entered the bone of our Christ the, the torment that, that everything that he did for us was just um, it, it's it's just unparalleled only except for the, our salvation and that it, yep. I just love the way you put it um, yesterday when I called um um, sometimes it takes two or three times for me to, to, to really finally get something. I think it was even you one time that even said, well, Christ knows your heart. And as long as you want to be his child and, and one of his own, he knows. And we can't know everything all the time. But um, you were explaining the papal church and um, um, how Catholics provided that they're born-again Catholics. To me at that time, in my little simple mind, um, that was a bit of a conflict for me to understand how you could be a born-again cat, maybe once Catholic and then born-again, because I, I didn't see how you could be a practicing Catholic yet born-again, because if you're a practicing Catholic, I'm speaking to you before, it, I don't think you're, well, you're going to achieve salvation because you have one God on one hand, and then you have idols, even their Eucharist and their, their consecrated wine, they, they believe that's the the body of Christ and blood, and they, they treat it like an idol. It's not just a representation that I've seen in, in some churches. It's They think that's that's it, and they tend to worship even that. And not to mention, you know, the, the Mother Mary had the most noble part 
of all women to play and to perform, but to to worship her, no. And apostles, no. So when you said when you said a born again Catholic, that's what I need a little bit more clarification. You mean someone who was once Catholic and now born again? Because you could be if you're still a Catholic and you're you're indulging in these acts that are traditional to Catholicism, um, they seem to go contrary to born again and 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 true Christian. That, that's where I need a little help, Pastor. Yeah, I, I can do that, Ron, and, and it is a very difficult thing to consider, because for you and for me, when we, we say somebody's born again, um, we, um, we, we automatically assume that they're gonna, they're gonna reject bad doctrine and, and, uh, pursue a solid, healthy doctrine. That's not always the case. Um, in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus writes a letter or, or dictates a letter to John to the church at Thyatira. Now, the church at Thyatira represents the Catholic Church, or the era from 313 A.D. forward, uh, the era when the Catholic Church was the expression of the Church. Uh, um, um, Augustine declared that the uh, um, Roman Catholic Church, um, or, or, or created the Roman Catholic Church in 313 A.D., um, when in fact um, uh, he, he wasn't necessarily himself a believer, but he just rejected uh, what he known and 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 became became Christian declared actually declared Christianity to be the national religion uh, he had that kind of power as emperor to do so and um, and Jesus is very harsh in the church of Thyatira but then in verse 24 he says this now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets only hold on to what you have until I come. And then he says this, to him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He'll dash them to pieces. I will also give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, Ron, the explanation of this is that Jesus has a remnant everywhere. There are places in our country, in our world, where Catholicism is the only expression of Christianity. Let me just give you one very public example. Manny Pacquiao, uh, the world champion boxer, uh, is a Catholic. Um, the expression of Christianity in the Philippines is almost exclusively Catholic. And here's a guy... <clears throat> who, with a, uh, um, um, a life of sin, like everybody else, uh, met Jesus, and he pursued his relationship with Jesus inside the Catholic Church. Now, I hope, pray that he won't stay there, but he has been very faithful, very public with his faith, and transformed uh, to a large degree by his faith. Now, he's getting horrible teaching, that's for sure. He believes some, some, some wrong things, but we have to remember that Jesus has a remnant everywhere. And I have met in my own experience two Catholics that I know. One was on the golf course. We were playing. Uh, he was my match play opponent in a tournament that I was playing. And um, I, 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 you know, at the beginning on the first tee, you show each other your the golf ball that you're using and how you're marking it. And his had a, a Christian fish symbol on it. And I said, well, praise the Lord. So you're a believer. And we talked for 18 holes. 
And this was a man who loved Jesus with all of his heart, but has chosen to remain in the Catholic Church, the church he was born into, and he felt that he was making a difference. He was a Catholic who got born again. I also say, Ron, often, that while there are born-again believers inside the Catholic Church, it's really hard to be a born-again Catholic because the Catholic Church doesn't teach that you need to be born again. Not only that, the Catholic Church teaches you that they're sort of the, the means of God's grace in the world. And so believing in them or belonging to them, being baptized in an infant, is what gives you um, the, the right. Um, John chapter 3, uh, to, to all who believed, he gave the authority, the power to be called children of God. So it's it's not a healthy situation doctrinally. The Catholic Church is a mess, um, but we also have to remember that God has a remnant everywhere. And there are some Catholics who are truly born-again Christians. Not Catholics then get born again and leave the Catholic Church. That happens all the time. But there still are some truly born-again Catholics um, who remain in the Church. Uh, I can't explain why they would want to, uh, but they do. And that's between them and the Lord. So, Ron, I hope that makes sense to you. It doesn't make sense to us practically. If, you, if you're if you in something bad, you want to get out of it. Um, but um, Jesus is represented everywhere. And I have no doubt that some of those people feel that they're best serving the Lord by staying inside and being a light. I don't agree. But I believe that's what they believe. that make any sense to you? It does. It does. It does. And I thank you for your your insight. Thank you, Ron. God bless you. Paul, it's really difficult to judge other people that you don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the problems that we have is with so many ex-Catholics in the church, uh, a mom or a dad dies, especially those Catholic moms. Mm-hmm. They die. And the Christian just doesn't want to think, well, my mom might be in hell. Mm-hmm. And so it's they, they rationalize. We have to be honest. Yeah. We, we lose any credibility unless we're honest. Yeah. The truth is, except a man or a woman be born again, they will mm-hmm. not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And God knows those who are his. God won't be mocked. Yeah. Never says that we have to know mm-hmm. who are his. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember, and you haven't done this in a really long time, but you used to do this quite often. I think it was just to um, make the ex-Catholics, I don't know, comfortable and or um, I don't know, but you used to say, okay, how many of you here are from Catholic background? And I think pretty much every time it was like 90 to 97% or more, you know, who came from that kind of a background. Um, you know when I do that? Every time I teach Thyatira okay. in the book of Revelation. Okay. So okay. that's what I've done in the past because I, I don't want to be accused of Catholic bashing. Mm-hmm. And I get that because when I say the Catholic Church's doctrine is horrible mm-hmm. and in some cases heretical, mm-hmm. um, Catholics are offended. Yeah. But yeah, I kind wanna, of live in a, in a Catholic town. Not kind of. And, you know, we got to tell the truth in love. And, and, you know, we've got to deal with doctrine matters. But um, you're right. We've got a lot of people who are Catholic from cradle. Yeah. And the idea that that I've got to change is foreign to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So 
Jesus had a bunch of friends, including Judas. And we know that God the Father told Jesus to pick him. But my, you know, as I'm trying to pray about what to talk about on the show today, uh, Lord, in the middle of the night, I got how to choose or, or win friends. And my little two cents is very carefully. <laughs> You want to choose your friends or win friends very carefully. And as I was looking at Psalm 16, verses 1 through 4, um, this is what I was hearing. This is this is a prayer. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. So my first friend is God himself. He's my friend who will keep me safe. I take refuge in him. And, and I said, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. And so, Lord, if you and I, if you're my only friend, that's okay. That's okay. Because when I'm apart from you and with maybe other people, including myself, mm -mm, it's not a good thing. So, but verse three is the main one. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious one ones in whom is all my delight. In one of the other uh, translations, it says, the godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Um, and, you know, I love hanging out with other Christians. And when we go places and, and talk to people, you can kind of, you can, you can kind of know. You, there's a discernment of, there's a kinship between me and you. I don't know you, but... You're born again, right? You're a Christian. And pretty much the answer is is yes. And so you want to pick your friends. You know, we want to be a, uh, associates and neighbors that we might win people over to be our friends. But the ones who, who really are are my true heroes. There's some people in the faith just, I mean, not that they're any closer than I am, but you know what I'm saying. They just they just are hearing from Jesus quite often, and you can just hang around with them. I know one of the scriptures says, you hang around with the wise and you'll become wiser. Oh my, that's me. I want to hang around with those saints who are in the land. They are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. And so how do we choose and win friends again? very carefully. Make sure Jesus is leading. You know, Paulo, there, there are people, we go to people's houses, we're invited for dinner and things like that, and there's times when it's just really, you know, you don't know them very well, and mm -hmm. you're, it's it's just a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, other times you walk in, and it's like you've known them for 15, 20 years. Yeah. And, and it's just that Jesus is at the table, you know he's at the table, all of the conversation is about Jesus, and so there's no uh, straining, well, what are we going to talk about now? And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, because I always have you. And so there's, there's not much quiet time well. when you're around, because of conversation, mm -hmm. and, and you always try to refocus the conversation on Jesus. But um, there's some people that it's just easy and and I always think of them when this this my true heroes uh -huh. or or my glorious ones in whom I find delight. Yeah. Uh, it's it's easy to talk to somebody because when we spend time with people, we're going to talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel like we're like the dentist pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. Other times we just feel like mouths open and we get blessed. Yeah, and see that was so sweet of you to say that I can keep the conversation going because. What I was going to say if I spoke first is you could talk to anybody about 
everything. You are very well versed, and so you can talk to people, and it always gets back. You're always looking for that opening to get Jesus in, but you could talk about sports and politics and books and, you know, just pretty much everything. So yeah, I just kind of set you up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but you see, that's the, that's the difference between us. I can talk about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You always find yourself talking about the most important thing. Yeah. And 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 see that's you're one of my superheroes mm. for that for that very reason. It's it's uh, it's who we are. Yeah, yeah. And and when we're with somebody else, then what we want to do is make sure that Jesus is the focus of of the attention. Yeah, yeah. So choose your friends very carefully. And then the verse four of Psalm sixteen says this. It might as well say, because the sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. You know, you you got to choose your friends very carefully. So ask the Lord for discernment, because James 4, 4 says this, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And I don't want to hang out with those people. I want to win them over to the right side. Well, there's the first half of our program. We'd love your live calls and questions, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand up for life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. You know, Paula, because I was talking about Jesus at the top of the program, I didn't think it was appropriate to do it at the top, so I'll do it now. But it's April 1st. I know. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I got an email today from the the one of our teachers who, who is in charge of the yearbook club, journalism club. Mm-hmm. He said, Pastor Ron, it's getting time for your yearbook message again. I thought, how can that be? I know. We just started school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I just saw one of the kids, and he had a senior t- shirt on. I was like, well, anybody can buy a senior shirt. But he's really a senior. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And he's, I said... When did you start school here? He goes, I've been here the whole time. I started kindergarten here. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was Tristan, and Uh we've watched him grow up. My goodness. Uh, And the boy's a genius, you know, so we're losing one of our geniuses. Just amazing. I'm in charge here. I can flunk him. Yeah, yeah, I've been asking you to do that for some of these kids <laughs> for a lot of years, Pastor Ron. You've threatened, but you've never come through on that. Well, we love Tristan. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe we'll we'll flunk him so we can have him for another year. That would be really cool. Some of or, these or maybe kids. we just start a whole new education system. We have grade thirteen. Yeah. yeah. After twelfth grade, you go to thirteenth grade. Mm-hmm. We don't have to let them go, do we? Yeah. No. The Lord told you to pray big. I'm going to pray big right now. Lord, we need more space so we can have our (laughs) own Bible college here. In Jesus' name, amen, right? But anyway, I'm talking about friends and how you choose your friends. Well, here's here's a qualification for a friend. A friend is always loyal. And a brother is born to help in time of need. Um, It says in, in another version, 
quote, that quote, a friend quote, loves at all times and a brother is born yeah, for a time quote, of what adversity. You're, you're quoting here. Or, oh, I'm what, sorry. Yeah. That's Proverbs 17, mm. 17. Yeah. You know, if, if you're a true friend, you're going to love at all times. And, you know, love is patient and kind, you know, the whole thing. Uh, but you're going you're gonna to continue to love them. And then in Proverbs 27, 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted. You know, when you're friends, it's not always good news. It's mm-hmm. not always, you're great, no problems, bro, you know. Um, no, every, every once in a while, there's something that, hey, look, I got to tell you something. And so, but wounds from a friend can be trusted. And so, but we have a call. Okay, we got a call. Let's go to uh, line one, Sam from San Antonio. Sam, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Thank you. Uh, uh, I am the leader church at uh, for Asian congregation. We have a Bible study on Sunday at the church, and one of the ladies she asked me about the Abel and and Cain. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Cain murdered Abel, and then uh, God punished him and take him out uh, uh, to get out from the from the community and go to some elsewhere city. Mm-hmm. And one of the ladies said, oh, what, what, that, what that city? And, and then, uh, you know, when uh, when someone hurt him or something, maybe they will get punished seven times. Who those people in other city uh, that she asked me, uh, what, what, good, what good question uh, to, to tell her? Uh, so she wanted to know where the, where the other people came from? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, you, you know, um, in in the second verse of chapter 4, Sam, um, it, it begins with the word later. And in the Hebrew, it means uh, over and over again. And so later she gave birth to his brother Abel. So th- there's a lot of time that passed. And it, it doesn't mean... Yeah, Cain and Abel could have been 100 or 130 years old at the time the murder took place. So there were other people on the earth. You know, the Garden of Eden was locked up now, and, and, and people would have scattered. So there were lots and lots of other people on the earth, and they were multiplying. That was what God's instructions were. Now, when we read the story of Cain and Abel, it makes it sound like there's Adam, there's Eve, there's Cain and Abel, and nobody else. But that's not the case at all. So um, the emphasis here is on 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 this was what was happening over and over again uh, as people were marrying, having children, moving away. And, and you realize that for 130 years, if in fact they were that old, how, how many people could be born in a near-perfect environment. So that's what's going on there. Uh, it, it, it's the, the wrong assumption is that there was just four people, Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel. Adam and Eve were the first two. Over the course of time, we don't know how long before Cain and Abel were born. We're just not given that information. And we also don't know how long Cain and Abel uh, lived with their parents in the garden um, um, prior to the murder. So um, lots of time, lots of multi- uh, multiplication in, in terms of people. So that's the way it is. The third verse in Genesis chapter 4 says, in the course of time, um, we don't know how much time, 
um, but there was a time that that um, um, that passed by, passed through. So uh, we don't have the answers to the questions, but there were people everywhere, and they would move east and spread out, and of course that's what happened. So when when Cain was forced away. Remember, he was afraid and said, well, well, uh, my punishment is more than I can bear. Um, if I go, people will kill me. And, and God put a mark on Cain uh, to, to, to make sure that everybody knew that he wasn't to be murdered in, in uh, response for his murder of his brother. I know we would love to have more information. But this is just one of the places where we're not given the information and we'll we'll find out all of the answers to the questions that we have when we get to heaven. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate the question very much and I appreciate you leading a Bible study. That's really good. God bless you. 340-9585. Paul? Sam, <clears throat> it was a pleasure hearing from you um, and to know that I have a new brother in Christ that we've been praying for people who love Jesus and who want to lead other people to loving Jesus as well. And the fact that they're asking you questions and you want to find out the answers to feed that flock there, that's very impressive. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Sam. Okay, Paula. Okay, so how to influence people. Was my other one. You know, remember that book back in the day, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So I guess maybe Jesus read that book. I don't know. <laughs> so anywhere um, in Jude, uh, you know, we're 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 warned of the enemy's schemes at the end of the book um, in verses seventeen through nineteen. Um, you know, just be aware that mockers are going to come and scoffers, and so that we're not caught off guard. But in verse 20, he says, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. So how we influence others is to be um, steadfast, immovable in our faith and uh, and to pray in the Holy Spirit so that um, when things come along our way, we can we can stand firm and then. Verse 21, and Pastor Ron, know this. Though it is my show today, you can jump in at any time. (laughs) So anyway, verse 21 says, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So that's the other thing. We have to remember, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should. Jesus loves me when I'm bad, even though it makes him sad. But Jesus always loves us, and he always loves us. So keep reminding yourself um, that Jesus loves you no matter what. Yeah, you know, you're talking about picking friends. Um, um, How to win friends and influence people really isn't being a friend at all. That's actually a book that was written by Dale Carnegie. Okay. Uh, he's a, a, a world-famous, infamous, in fact, um, positive thinking person. guru. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, Paula, he has influenced a, a great many 
uh, of men who call themselves pastors over the years, Robert Schuler, oh, uh, and other okay. prosperity. Mm-hmm. It just just the idea. It's just it's just putting business practices um, in the church. He'd have been much better off had he read Jesus writing through Solomon in the book of Proverbs. There you go. Okay, see, you and Sam are on the same wavelength, Pastor Ron. You want your people to know what's right. So let's just stay with with the book of Jude. And forget I even mentioned that other book. That was like <laughs> 300 years ago. So anyway, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So that means hold on, hang in there. No matter what's going on, and remember, no matter what, Jesus loves you. And then verse 22 says, be merciful to those who doubt. You know, be merciful, not judgmental. Be merciful, not impatient. Um, Be merciful in understanding those who doubt. Verse 23 says, says. (laughs) Another inside joke. (laughs) Yeah says, snatch others from the fire and save them. You know, some are going towards the enemy's camp fast and in a hurry because they're believing all the advertisement of this world, like whatever you want to do is okay, because after all, even the Pope is saying you can do this and that, Mm -hmm. and um, the rest of the world is saying be who you want to be, you know, and even the progressive church is saying we can all go to heaven you know there's not going to be any judgment well um, we need to snatch those from the fire and save them as as much as the Holy Spirit will allow I mean we pray Lord give them give them eyes to see it is impossible to be a friend and not tell the truth yeah absolutely. it's impossible yeah in the world and sadly much of the Christian world professing Christian or otherwise has sort of latched onto that. Well, you know, we want to be kind and want to be considerate and we want want to be thoughtful with other people's opinions. We've got to tell the truth in love. And, you know, when Jesus draws that line in the spiritual sand, we've got to decide whose side we're on and if we're going to stay there, no matter what the world does. And unfortunately, that's the case. Paul, let's take a phone call. we got our friend Jeff on line one from San Antonio. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Uh, hello, how's everybody today? I'm, I just I'm have, doing uh, well. <laughs> I just have one thing to, to say to Mama Paula, if that's okay. Okay, go ahead. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, just I can't help it. I can't help you it. You couldn't help yourself. That's no. all right. <laughs> hey, I was looking at the calendar. How come there was no Easter egg hunt at Calvary Chapel, San Antonio? Yeah. I mean, you know the, the, you know the answer to that. <laughs> you are getting yourself in deep water. <laughs> we're we're going to have to put Jeff on the no-call list. Yeah, we're going to ban this guy. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Um, I'm, be, I'm being silly. Um, you are. Pastor it's okay. Ron, I'm right there with you. I know you are, Mama Paula. Mm-hmm. That, that Psalm 16, I just read it, um, and you're you're talking about the being discerning, discerning with with who you hang out with and who who are your friends. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the deeper I get into my walk, 
um, the more I need people that are mature. And yeah. kind of go, going back to, to Ron's question at the beginning, Pastor Ron, you, I, you kind of said this really fast, but I just wanted to hear your answer again. Those that, like, I'm kind of in that position where it's like, yeah, I, maybe I'm supposed to, God wants me here in this particular place in this church because he, he needs to have a remnant, you know, of people that still believe what the Word says. Um, and I think I heard you say that I understand that, but I don't agree with that. And did, did you say you didn't agree with that, that that's not really the right thing you know, the right attitude to have. Um, yeah, and, and Jeff, just for clarity's sake, I didn't say God needs a remnant. I said he has a remnant. He has a remnant, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah, yeah. The, the difference is, is it's not like God needs people to stay. I believe the Holy Spirit, because he's the Holy Spirit of truth and will lead us into all truth, I think that any Christian who is um, truly born again has the Holy Spirit living within them, needs to leave that which is false and go to that which is true and go to a place where they can grow and go to a place. I think sometimes, most of the time, we're so um, deeply embedded in tradition. Well, you know, that's, I just know all the people. Uh, that's the parish I've been going to forever. Our friends are there. Our connections are there. And uh, instead, I think Jesus would say, come out and be separate. Come out from among them. And I just think there's people that don't listen. I also think, Jeff, that people, and this is my opinion, I, I think there are people who stay in those places for the wrong reasons who are getting ripped off. God wants so much more for them, and yet they're not um, experiencing them. I also want to say this about your comment before that. Um, when you said as you get deeper into your walk, you want more mature people. And I know you well enough to know that that might be a bad choice of words. Um, what, what you want and what I want is committed people. I want to be around committed people. Mm. And I love, I love being around um, new believers who are truly committed. Uh, when you see the light of Christ in somebody and you know they're committed, um, uh, I love being around those people. They're some of my best friends, and I just love to, to listen to them share what God is doing. You know, brand new believers so often have more going on in their lives every day with Jesus than those of us who are more mature. And it never that's should true. be that way, but that but that's the way it is. So I want to mm-hmm. be around committed believers, and I find so much encouragement and strength in that kind of unity of fellowship with them. But, but were you talking about that, Pastor Ron? Would you? And I'm going to hang up now. But I wonder if you would talk a little bit. What you you do talk about often is that fragrance of mm-hmm. Jesus, and you could tie that together with all that because there's that that's a that's a component there with relationships and in the fellowship and 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 and, and beyond. And I love you guys and have a great Easter. I wish I was celebrating with you. Yeah, Talk thank you, you, Jeff. We wish you were here as well. Thank Jeff. you, Jeff. And I'm I'm looking forward to your book. Hmm, cool. A uh, couple of things, Paul. Um, um, I, I sort of owe this outlook. I learned it from you. But one of the things that you have always done is consider everywhere you go a ministry opportunity. Um, You have a ministry at HEB. You have a ministry at the breakfast place that we go to all the time. And when people see us, we walk in the door 
and the and the people taking reservations or telling people how long it's going to be to wait, they say, oh, Ron and Paul are here. Mm-hmm. And then they get us a table. And we, we consider every one of those people a ministry opportunity. Jeff, that's what I mean when I talk about being that, that aroma of Christ. Um, I want to leave a sweet-smelling fragrance so when we leave a place, people will say, you know, th- th- those are really nice people. They're, they're sweet people. Or, oh, they're so loving. I want to do that because all of them know who we are. Mm-hmm. And it means that we can't afford to have a bad day. Jeff, one of the things you've heard me tell people here in Pastors and Cyber class is you can't have a bad day. You just can't have a bad day because you're representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I think it's really important for us to understand our responsibility to be in a Rome of Christ. You know, what I was thinking when uh, Jeff was talking to you that, about that aroma, when we go into a place, we want to bring the sweet perfume of Jesus Christ. But there are times when we leave you know like if you're at a at a bad job or you're somewhere and 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 it's just really an ugly place and you've been used by the lord um but then he says take yourself that sweet aroma away and the people who are left there will be sniffing like what happened where's that sweetness it's gone and they'll be very interested in Finding out, you know, I think about what's the, the guy in who who died in nine eleven in the tower, where the, he wanted to uh, Al, Al Brock. Al Brock. That's right. For years, he wanted to leave that job and um, just open a pizza place with his two boys. And the Lord kept him. The Lord kept him there. He didn't just stay there. The Lord kept him there. And then when the planes hit his tower and they knew they were going to die. All those people for years who were turning their nose up at the sweet aroma now were turning to that one with the sweet aroma for salvation. Um, But there's times when the Lord will say, nope, it's time for you to walk away. Take my sweet aroma because the people have just turned up their nose just entirely too long and I'm working a plan so it's time to go. Yeah, that, that, that's a good example of the of the fragrance that Jeff was talking about, Paula. You know, on the one-year anniversary of 9-11, I had the privilege of ministering with Jeannie Brock, yeah. um, Al's wife. And she was telling me the story that when he called her on that day to say goodbye to her, mm-hmm. he had to cut the call short because on his floor, there were 50 people who came to him to ask him about this Jesus that he'd been telling him about for 16 years. Yeah. He worked there um, wanting to leave, but God kept him there. And um, he, he said to Jeannie, he said, um, I love you. I will see you in heaven. But there are 50 people right now who are ready to receive Jesus Christ on this floor. And I got to go pray for them. Mm-hmm. And she got that, of course. And, and, um, that was an aroma. I mean, they mocked him, made fun of him. Uh, New York financial community, the business district, is tough and cynical. But when those planes hit those towers and they knew they were going down, there was a man that Jesus had kept there the whole time. Yeah. And he led him to Christ. Yeah. 
You talk about last minute conversions, mm-hmm. but but that's what God does. That's the way He works. Yeah, yeah. and I think about even even Paul, you know, in Silas in the in the prison when the you know the earthquake and they could have escaped and the the jailer comes in and getting ready to kill himself. We're all here. We're all here. Don't don't harm yourself. You know, that was a sweet aroma, and that jailer took those guys, took Paul in, into his home, and. That sweet aroma just, can you just imagine that emanating through the whole house? You know, so anyway. Yeah. And then they, they became a sweet aroma for others. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the way it works as Christians. When we're out, we have to remember our responsibility to rightly represent Jesus. And, and Jesus smells good. I, I always tease about um, Mary washing, Mary Bethany washing Jesus' feet with her hair. Yeah. And and the thing for me is is... At the end of that, her hair smelled like Jesus' feet. That's a pretty good picture mm-hmm. of an aroma. Yeah. And and we have the responsibility to be that everywhere we go. Yeah. You know, I remember twice, um, <sighs> and this was before, once in, in particular before you got saved, where I was distraught, and I the Lord helped let me smell that. I've only had it twice his smell but he came to me to reassure me that things were going to be okay but I smelled that sweet 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 aroma and man I can't wait to get to heaven to smell that again yeah and things were so bad because of my sin that um you were just sort of out of patience and time and 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 Jesus came now I, I told you I believe those were angels that were sent and that aroma. But the funniest thing was watching you trying to find out what the source of I that know, smell was. I know. Because once you smelled it, that's all you wanted to smell. Yeah. Well, that's what it should be like for people in the world when we've left an interaction with yeah. them. They should they should remember that things were completely different yeah. when they were around. Yeah. I, amen. Good question, Jeff. That was a that was a good little. Time for us to well, Paula, you got one minute. What do you want to say? Well, you know the women's retreat is coming up, and it's May six through eight. Um, the theme is he is coming soon. He's coming soon, and so this influencing people, Christians, keep yourselves um, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, um, and pray because the end is drawing near. And so um, tomorrow for us is. Good Friday. I'm excited about it. By the way, for the audience, uh, we will be doing a rebroadcast tomorrow. Station is closed on Good Friday, as it should be. Um, May the Lord bless you and keep you. Remember what Jesus did on that cross for you. Go to church. Put your arm around somebody and tell them that Jesus loves them. That's how you can be a fragrance of Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye.